WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, I just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by not only our patrons, but our brand new program. It's called Super Shoutout. Super Shoutout. The Super Shoutout, you can go onto our website, wbne.org slash super dash shout dash out, and you can purchase a one-time shoutout on Bacon and Eggs to have myself or Ethan read to your loved one, to your enemy, to whomever. We'll say whatever you want. These are available not only on this show, but on every show in the Bacon and Eggs network that has already opted into the program. You can see a full list of those shows on www.wbne.org slash super dash shout dash out slash super dash shout dash out, which is what I'm on right now. I'm super excited for you guys to try this. I'm super excited to read the words that you have to say and to say them to your loved ones. So if you have like, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife that loves bacon and eggs, and it would just mean the world to them to have us read the... read words to them or you just have a message that you need them to hear like will you marry me i can say it i can i can propose for you i'm so excited this is gonna be the best anyway wbna.org and then it's the button on the top right or wbna.wbne.org slash super dash shout dash out and it's extremely important that you go ahead and sign up for this program because the world is a little bit crazy right now and uh for some of the people on this network this is an incredibly important part of their personal income and it would mean a whole lot to us if you could give us just a little bit of support during these trying times so thank you so much for listening thank you for buying the super shout outs and let's get on with the show Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're solving a murder. Or maybe we're just tearing apart a family. So so be careful with your morphine. <laughs> and don't get blood on your shoes. Because today we're bringing you... Knives Out. Okay, Knives Out, directed by Ryan Johnson, released November 27th, 2019, 111 days ago. That is a lot sooner than I thought. About a $40 million budget, uh, $39 million of that went to Chris Evans. A lot of people know that. Uh, made $330 million worldwide. It got a 97% critic and a 92% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 82 on Metacritic, but the only critic that I care about is our special guest this week, the mastermind behind the Pixar Theory, author of how many books is it now? Three books, I think. I think three books. Killer Joy, The Pixar Theory, and then like The Pixar Theory 2, Electric Boogaloo, uh, and the host of the Cinemaholics podcast and writer for Cinemaholics.com, John Negroni. Hi, John. I'm here at the behest of a client. <laughs> Let me assure you, my presence will be ornamental. You will find me a respectful, quiet, passive observer of the truth. Or you can just call me John. Hi, John. Hey, sorry about that weird music. I have a roommate who uh, loves the flugelhorn. Weirdly enough, uh, the last time John had joined us for an episode of Bacon and Eggs was for the Jordan Peele movie Us, which had exactly the same score. Hmm. I would have to listen to that. St- I'd have to fact check you on that, but that's probably true. <laughs> it's it's eerily similar in that every time the, the strings would hit like that in this movie, my spine stopped existing just in case. Well, boy, is, 
Uh, it's good to be here. It has been a year, it, hasn't it? Am I the it's March good to have person? You back. Uh, I think it was February oh, last time, wasn't it? Was it February? I think it was. It was March. whenever us came out. Mm, yeah, which was was it? Was it? It was around. Okay, it's like within a couple of weeks. We don't, it's not yeah. like we have the internet. March 22nd, wow. I, I think about the movie Us every day of my life. So it's been like 51 weeks. That's that's eerie. But it's only Ooh, been one do, week do, 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 do. since you looked at me. Since you looked at me. <laughs> Fair enough. John, how have you been in the last 51 weeks? We're, we're setting a little bit of a somber tone here better for this than, episode. Mm, yeah, let's get a little serious, I guess. Are you better than Will Ashton? Mm, I guess. Will Ashton is what's wrong with the podcasting industry. Everything that's wrong. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Oh, um, he's fine. I didn't want to be. I see. Are you better than Will Ashton? That's what I want to know. You're in confinement. At is some he things. in Pittsburgh? Oh, you mean in terms <laughs> of. <laughs> here's the reason because you're. Some of the people listening are probably like, whoa, John and Will, what's the rift? What happened? Well, Will Ashton made me watch a movie last night with him called The Legend of Sasquatch. You guys know this movie? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> no, John. No. When Buckle I talk up. to you two, all of a sudden, film Twitter is different. <laughs> That's you're true. I think I'm caught up with John and then he comes up with new movies that I've never heard of. <laughs> this came out in 2006 and it is an animated movie, but that is being very flexible with the word animated. Uh, I will God. leave it to all of the Bacon and Eggs listeners to look up The Legend of Sasquatch from 2006. It is an atrocity. Like, it is a crime that people are allowed to watch that. Hold That's on. Does William Hurt play Sasquatch? Yes. <laughs> William Hurt, the guy who, play, guy who plays Gimli. Yeah. John Reese davies Yeah. He voices, I think, Actually, I think he voices the Sasquatch, maybe. That would make more sense. You'll see. Mm. Well, actually, don't. Don't do this, it. This looks like it was made in, like, God, what is the name of the program? There's, a there's a, like, a, a thing from middle school that I'm thinking of. Some sort of uh, animation Alice. program. Alice? Alice. Yes, that was it. That is Alice what this looks Cooper. like. Yes, like the... T Tyler, are you looking at this right now? Me? No. You should Google some pictures from The Legend of Sasquatch. This is bad. And you don't understand. I had to watch this. I didn't finish it. I don't, I didn't play because and Will, Will's commentary during the movie, it was tough. It was hard to get through and I'm surprised I'm still here. I mean, this is the worst movie poster I've ever seen in my life. Not even kidding. What did it run me? What's the tagline again? Uh, this doesn't have a tagline on it. There's, there's a poster with the tagline. I forget what it Hold is, on. but it is absolutely essential. Uh, God, I can't it's even. Something about uh, believing. It's, I can't find a big enough JPEG to even read it. Hang on. Found it. Legends, Legends never, leave, never us leave us as long, as, long, as, we long as we believe. Isn't that nice? You know, this looks like this looks like one of those things where, like, very clearly, a college animation class was given an assignment to make a kids show, and this one was like the best in the class. But this was the class that absolutely did not care about animating kids shows. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, like it won the contest, but there wasn't a good entry. Hmm. That's a good. That's a good theory. That's a good one. Neither of them, it appears. You know, this looks better than. I'm confused. This is the craziest thing. I've There's ever. only like five stills from this movie. Frank Welker voices the Sasquatch. I don't know who that is but oh <laughs> oops <laughs> sorry well there's a lot of side characters there's like cletus mcnab the evil hunter who's mean to his dog the the ranger who teaches everybody the ranger the is john reese davies oh okay william hurt plays john davis that's not confusing <laughs> that's at all. why creativity. didn't they get john davies to play john davis <laughs> that would have made this way that is easier the, that is this movie's if you want to call it a movie's least important things right yeah i wouldn't produced by william hurt why are we talking about this movie this is horrendous you keep tugging okay at the so string. knives <laughs> out 
Wait, it was 73 Bring minutes long and you couldn't out. finish it? Anyway, Ethan, it sounds out. like you want to watch it right now. I don't. If so, I no, don't. I'm not in. No. Have fun. John, what did you think of Knives Out? Give me a professional critic review. Who? okay, yes. Um, Do you have a tweet-length review of this? <laughs> I don't know if it'll be professional. Um, Knives Out Fortnite. Sucked. Peace out. <laughs> California love. My my review is Ryan Johnson. He gets the job done. That's, That's a perfect Rotten Tomatoes tweet review quip yeah. review thing um i've only seen the movie twice but uh i'm a big fan it's uh probably my it was like right outside of my top 10 of 2020 so easily one of my favorites i think it was my my number one of 2020 when i sent you my list i think it was avengers endgame there's no way that had no. to have been tyler no that was my <laughs> was list i don't think avengers endgame made his list i remember it was one of you <laughs> Uh, okay, then maybe yours was nice. You know out. what? I stand by it. I, you know what? It, no, don't come after me. I thought I would rather watch Avengers Endgame than Knives Out. Was Knives Out in your top 10? He didn't see it until I yesterday. I saw it for the first time yesterday. Uh, oh, I'm more curious what you think of it then. You're fresh. Okay, so a few weeks ago on Twitter, Ryan Johnson comes out and he says, when we talked to Apple about having everybody have phones in the movie, Apple said we could only give iPhones to the good guys. And that ruined the movie immediately. Like, and I knew right away that the the helper girl thinks she did it and that in some way Chris Evans straight up did do it. Does or Chris Evans have an Android? Anna de Armas uses yes. an Android phone and the alt-right troll kid uses an iPhone. So I think this little theory is uh-uh. Uh, listen, it was on Twitter. No, it was on Twitter. So if it's, it's got to be real. Brian right. Johnson if it's on, on Twitter, camera. it's got to be true. Right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's exactly... Film Twitter is only Wait, a place. Ryan Johnson said it on Sager. his own Twitter. I don't know if it was on his Twitter, but there's a video of him saying it that like I Apple think, wouldn't let the killer have an iPhone. I think he's being facetious then, or just like because the actual. Are we, can we spoil it at this point? Is that cool? Yeah, this is a oh, full yeah, spoiler, spoiler show. show. Yeah, I know, I know, but I still gotta ask because otherwise I'll feel dangerous. Um, Chris Evans, he doesn't really use a phone, if I recall, at any point in his movie. So I think that's how they get around it, right? Um, he. Oh, you're asking me for details on he camera must. call. Yeah, because um, otherwise it wouldn't make sense. Because Anna Dharma, she really does use an Android phone. So Yeah, because hers is cracked. There you go. Um, we just solved another mystery. I will, I will say this also. I thought Chris Evans was the only one that would have done it. I didn't I like it was supposed to be this like, oh, everyone's got a motivation. Who done it? And at no point was I like thinking that any of them did it. I didn't think any of them had the had the chutzpah to get it done. But isn't that the point, Tyler Carlin? That you're led through the movie and at the halfway not even the halfway point, the end of the first act, it switches to, oh, here's how he actually died, and you're not supposed to be trying to solve the murder anymore. You're trying to root for who you think is the murderer. The accidental murderer. Correct. Yes. And I, I enjoyed that little soiree but I didn't feel like, I don't know. I feel like they set you up to be like, oh, all these people have a motivation. And at no point did I buy their motivations. I don't think you're supposed to. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then that's good. Yeah. I liked the movie. I, I, I don't want it to come across that I didn't like the movie. I just felt like there was this like presupposed like, oh, pull you into the mystery part of it. And I was not super invested in the mystery. I mean, it even points out almost immediately how weak everybody's, you know, motive yeah was. it's like that's weak sauce you're dumping weak sauce all over me says lakeith stanfield at minute 2309 i'm guessing yeah, i'm probably pretty uh -huh. close honestly <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i think that's the rule of filmmaking is that like at the 30 minute mark the entire the first act should be done and like that's that's like the part of ghostbusters where they become the ghostbusters at 30 minutes i think at 30 minutes is when Anna Armas's character's flashback happens and then you're like oh like this isn't really a hoo hoo 
whodunit, but then it becomes a whodunit again in the last 30 minutes. All I'm trying to say is this movie is meticulously crafted, and I really appreciate that. I would agree with that. I I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, the other... John, was it you I, again, that said on Twitter that you were glad uh, to have Ryan Johnson not attached to a franchise? Yeah, when this I think came I out? said that. I agree with that sentiment. <clears throat> Because I remember seeing somebody's tweet about that, and I thought it was yours, and just pointing to it and being like, I agree with that. I probably retweeted it. Potentially. Yeah. I, I Yeah, and uh, to be clear with Ryan Johnson, what's great about him is that he does this with all kinds of genres. He goes into things that are pretty, pretty well established, like uh, with Brick and with Looper. Uh, he just sort of, and with Last Jedi, he re-does like does a genre and your your expectations of it. And I think he, he does that with a whodunit in a better way than he does it with all the other movies he's worked on, if that makes any sense. Like, I think what he does with the mystery genre is more interesting cinematically than how he subverts Star Wars movies and sci-fi movies and noir movies. That's my hot take. Well, on that, on that topic, I feel like we can't talk Ryan Johnson if I don't get a hot take more specifically about Last Jedi. I think he's looking for a John take on that. Yeah, I'm looking for a, a, a hot John take. I, you, I don't you, have a hot take. On The Last Jedi? Than, I mean, I, I know that it's the best Star Wars film. There's no doubt about that. So you like The Last Jedi, or it sounds like you really like The Last Jedi. Do you want to know what I think of The Last Jedi? Yes, we do. Have we never talked about it? I'm sure we have, John, but- I want hmm. the listeners to know. know Oh yeah, we got to pretend like- Yeah, yeah. Um, I talk about a lot of movies with a lot of people, okay? Listen, I just- Yeah, right, yeah. uh, (laughs) Uh, I love The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is the first Jedi in my heart. Um, I, I really like to me that is one of the most rewatchable Star Wars movies so just to put it in oh that kind of God, criteria yes. every time mm-hmm. I watch it I'm just like it, I like it even better uh, I think the first time there is some awkwardness in it where you're like what is this but then like I don't know the more you get to know it it's like whew, it's just it's just really good craft and uh, I, I'm not in the whole like it ruined Star Wars mentality I loved the storytelling decisions in it I loved the characterization of Luke Skywalker I thought it was spot on and I love all the like inspired scenes uh where he you could tell he's like borrowing from Rashomon and Kurosawa as like a nod to George Lucas and uh a lot of the nods like some of the old older films like Empire Strikes Back are in there but they're turned on their head like I was saying before so uh this, this is the last Jedi fan over here I'd say of all of his films I'd say Knives Out and Last Jedi are probably are easily my favorites from him I actually I watched The Last Jedi last week. Okay. Tell us why you hated it. Tyler, after we talked about it so much on the, the Onward episode with Seamus, I watched it yeah, last yeah, yeah. week. And I'll tell you, that movie is sort of easy to overlook in the Star Wars canon because, you know, when it came out, it was 2017. It was two years, two full years after The Force Awakens came out. And then, you know, you just kind of look at it and you're like, okay, this is a Star Wars movie. This is really cool. But then you see it again and it's very easy to realize, like, that's a movie. It's, yeah, it, that's a film it does, film. It is. It's cool that it's about Star Wars, but like, that's just a movie. Like, it I more so than any of the other entries stands on its own to me this is probably already a term but i want to pretend to coin a term um, coin it. and this is for knives out in particular i think it's a film school movie yes and what i yeah. mean by that is that it's the kind of movie that they would show to people in a film school in order to teach you something about yeah. how to make a movie I, I definitely said this last week, but like, I, you know, I listen to people that hate in The Last Jedi and I go and watch it and I look at the scene with the speeders in the, in the red desert and I know in my heart that I am right about it and that they are wrong when I watch that scene. Wow. That's all I need to know is that I, I just remember that, okay, everybody else is incorrect about their hate for this movie. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, but I guess I, I, here's my strong, which is better, Last Jedi or Knives Out? How do you even compare them? I don't know. Oh, Knives Out, I, I would prefer this over The Last Jedi. This was legitimately, I think, my favorite movie of last year. Okay. Like, not 
not not counting like oh you know I like to watch movies that are you know sort of a little bit deeper than the surface level stuff like I loved Avengers Endgame I legitimately like this more than Avengers Endgame yeah I I like it a lot too uh, after the second See, watch I, and I'm sure as I as I rewatch I will enjoy more and more what I wanted from this movie that I didn't get and maybe this was just a, a fault of my own expectations was I was expecting a lot more quippy dialogue and I guess it was there but I was I was looking for like Ocean's Eleven meets Grand Budapest Hotel. That's what I wanted. Oh, that's and not what I got. This movie. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly not this God, movie. But, but I that's want what that I was now, expecting. Though. Right, right, right. <laughs> isn't isn't Grand Budapest Hotel already got some Ocean's Eleven in it? Yes, but I wanted I wanted you that. wanted marriage. I did. I wanted you know it's a little bit of compromise but a lot of, of marriage and melding. And and it's not what I got. And that was my expectations going in because a lot of people, maybe, maybe nobody said this, but I felt like when people were like, oh, I love this movie, I was expecting because of it. I don't know why. I don't really watch whodunit genre, so I don't, I don't know what I was expecting. But I was expecting a lot more quippy, intelligent dialogue that I I didn't get. And what I got instead was the alt-right terrorist kid was masturbating to walruses in the bathroom or whatever it was. It's like, I just, it felt so elementary compared to what I was expecting. I, I wanted more Sherlock. See, I would argue that it was smarter than that. Like, it was smarter than quips. Uh, its humor comes from, like, timing and the dialogue mm-hmm. delivered in unconventional ways. So, like, uh, for example, probably the first big laugh for me in the movie is the scene where Richard, the uh, the cheating husband, it cuts to him after Linda is like, if you think I'm stupid enough to be baited into... And, like, it, it lingers oh, yeah. on her saying that. And then it cuts right to Richard being stupid enough <laughs> to trash talk his own family. That's the kind of, like, that's not necessarily what I was expecting. Uh, that kind of brand of humor, because that is a little unusual for this genre, but I really, like, that's the kind of stuff that makes me happy and have a good time. But I'm curious, Tyler, like, for what what kind of quippy dialogue, are you saying Grand Budapest Hotel and Ocean's Eleven are good examples of that kind of dialogue? Yes, okay. and I would even throw in, I had another marriage that I was thinking about, uh, but now I can't remember the other film. I, I, I was thinking about Baby Driver as well, and, and because mm. you said it was about timing, and, and Baby Driver is so well-timed. Uh, that is a beautiful picture. Can we, that is a gr- real quick, can I take a brief detour to talk about the scene that John was just talking about from a perspective of timing and writing and editing in that just the way that it would cut from one of the family members back to the cop and then back to another family member was some incredible ways of diverting around anybody giving a straight answer at any point. And I loved mm-hmm. that scene so much for that reason. Especially on rewatch too, because you catch uh, what myths truths are being put out there and how Blanc uses the piano to note that they're off key. Oh, uh, for that sure. Because like, yeah. on rewatch, oh, I thought you're that like, was, oh. oh. You know, yeah. 100% I, felt like that. I loved the piano. I also loved that Benoit reveals at the end that he knew that she was there for the death the whole time. Yeah. And that he just wanted to go on the hunt. That's the thing. Do you yeah. think he was a lousy detective because she made one lousy murderer. I think that that that, that scene where he says that he's known it the whole time was them him proving at that point that he is not a lousy detective that like last little sort of arrow in the in nail in the coffin to be like yeah I, I, I knew it the whole time guy. Okay. But I I'm mean like, that blood could have come from anywhere right? Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like people bleed like she could have blood on her shoe from you know shaving or all kinds of things like there's blood in the world. 
There's blood in the water. See, what I liked about this movie, for me, it was a departure from so many of the whodunit movies in more recent years where it seems like it's, and, and just this whole genre in general, where it's become sort of, let's try to make a twist that's so twisty that it's unguessable. You know, people people watch the uh, the usual suspects and realize like, oh, there's no way to figure it out. We should make movies like that. And like, you can definitely figure this one out, but that's not the point. Yeah, I don't know anybody who's figured out Knives Out. But I guess that's the thing is like, it isn't really but no, but the, about but that's that. The thing is you watch it a second time and and you can see where it all comes together you know it, it is the pieces are there from the beginning whereas like there are movies where there's not there yeah i i guess it makes me think of um there's a great video essay about this movie i think it was by sage uh just right and he he did a great thing about this where he says the movie switches genres twice i kind of alluded to that actually and he talks about how the movie begins as a detective genre where the protagonist is benoit blanc but then it switches over to being a crime movie which is uh Ana de Armas's character becomes a protagonist and what's interesting about that is that crime movies aren't like you know what the crime is so it's not really about like guessing the twist it's about wondering what's going to happen to the person and your stakes being in that person instead of well who did it right so I guess that's the thing that I appreciate because when you come out of this movie you find yourself invested not in the mystery but invested in uh, Marta because of all these other thematic things that Ryan Johnson threw in there like the fact that she's an immigrant from an undocumented family and that actually informs the movie Uh, I love the subtext of how she's a criminal in this movie but by accident to sort of mirror the immigrant story of how immigrants who come to this country illegally are sort of accidental criminals out of circumstance out of survival and so it's stuff like that where when you rewatch the movie i don't know it's just hard not to love it because it's so deep and layered and you know what they should teach it in uh what are they called film schools they should do that Film school. You said it's a film school movie. Yeah, uh, yeah I did say that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, for sure, it catches think, on. Do you, th- <laughs> do you think this will be on like freshman dorm room walls? Because I know that it will. Probably. I don't know. I people still don't think it. so. I don't think you have a grasp on what people put on their dorm walls, Tyler. You I had Inception no, on my dorm wall. Okay, John, you don't. You literally don't count. This what? is, but this is this is <laughs> this is a Dang. mile in a different direction from Inception, though. Uh, well, they're both like twisty prestige <laughs> drama, crime dramas made by directors who are just like well-known and are able to turn out a big audience just right, through the, their the, star power. What I'm saying is the kind of person that we are referring to when we talk about guys that put posters on their dorm room walls are going to watch this movie and go, I didn't get it. Really? Yeah, 100%. Like, like what? what's on their wall? Jaws? The, no, Sin y- City. Yeah, we, we talk about like Sin City <laughs> and the Boondock Saints, movies like that. Like guys oh. love the Boondock Saints. Okay, so we're talking about dorm rooms in like Boston? Okay, like <laughs> I was born there. <laughs> I mean, I... Is, but, does it take place in Boston? It doesn't take place in Boston, does it? Would they? I don't remember. The Dude, Boondock wait, Saints. Wait, wait. What about a uh, Pulp Fiction? Yeah, that's another one. Yes, Pulp is that one? On that, that would list, count. Yeah. Okay, people so like that have Tarantino. a Pulp Fiction poster that on their yeah, people that have a post Pulp Fiction poster on their wall did not get this movie. These are the people that ruined Pulp Fiction for the rest of us. If, I think yeah, I know that's, what that's the, post, that's it. I think I know what poster was on Tyler Carlin's wall. I'm gonna guess. It was I sh- guarantee. I guarantee you cannot guess what was on my freshman dorm room wall. Shark Tale. <laughs> No, because you thought the fish design. It was, was a really six cool. foot. No, you have my. You have the wrong brother right now. Uh, it was a six foot by five foot printed on computer paper poster of Michael Bolton. Uh, uh-uh. just like a joke with my roommate, and then 
I also had the uh, the TARDIS exploding Van Gogh. Okay. Um, I was my second guess was going to be 500 Days of Summer, but good thing I didn't guess that. That would have been embarrassing. You would have got guys that, that have a 500 Days. A... Guys, no, guys that have a 500 Days of Summer poster on their wall did not understand this movie. What? Wait, no. <laughs> I just did you have a 500 Days of Summer poster on your wall in college, John? Maybe college was different when you were there. No, but I would have. Would you though? Yeah, I like sure. that movie. I like I had, that movie. So I said Inception. I, think... I also had Dark Knight and uh, Scott Pilgrim. That was one of my favorites. Uh, okay, I I had both of those DVDs like yeah, in my I, room. I, I have I had both of those, but I don't I don't think it would have occurred to me to put a poster on the wall of those movies. You know what I mean? Is it there's well, a little bit there's a little bit of a I difference. worked at a movie theater, so I just you know. Well, that's okay. Again, this is this is ways in which John doesn't count as your uh, prototypical. You are literally a film critic. Like yeah, you are sure. not the you are not the prototypical dorm guy. I guess. Well, you and know, you probably what, never have been. You know what film I never put on my wall ever in my life? Never put up. Godfather. A Pixar movie until years later when I was an adult. I would have a Pixar poster now. I would have never had a Pixar poster when I was 18. No, same hold here. Hold on, I, hold on. Okay, yeah. new game, new game. Pixar poster in your room. Which Pixar poster? Which one was mine? Uh, the first one was Inside Out because I got it at Pixar. So it like meant a lot to me. I think I threw it away. Right. And then, I was kidding. <laughs> I, would, um, I would get an Inside Out poster and put it on my wall that I didn't get at Pixar that I just like ordered on Amazon. That's the one I would pick out of all of them, actually. I also had a Lava poster. Um... Because I love that short film. The, Great the guy art who too. wrote the song taught me the song on ukulele. So like, oh, every time I see that poster, I get super happy. I think I threw that away too. And then I think that's it. I didn't have any other posters that are Pixar. Would you get an Onward poster, Tyler? I would. Yeah, that's that's. I love Onward so much. I do too. It's rough for us. I own one movie poster. Are, we, are you a youngest? No. Well, yeah, I am. But uh, I just meant in the way of like being a fan of that movie is almost kind of sad. Everybody's like, it's so. It, it it's is DreamWorks. Tough. I'm like, it gets me all hot and bothered okay I, last week Missing i was quoted as saying that i think it, last week i was quoted as saying that i think it is the least pixar pixar movie that i've ever seen but i don't think it's a dreamworks movie jesus christ <laughs> yeah i mean not that i have anything against dreamworks movies I and mean, we all know tyler loves shark tale so i love shrek <laughs> What about Kung Fu Panda? What about How to Train Your Drag? I love How to Train Your Dragon in ways I would get a How that to Train I, I Your Dragon poster. On this podcast. It probably wouldn't be the top poster I would have, but I would get a How to Train Your Dragon, the, See? the Hidden yeah. World poster. Yeah, there we go. Um, so we would have, we would all have Knives Out posters, I think is what we're all getting at. I have a Marvel uh, canvas in my on. room right now. My hang mind's on. made up. It would depend. It, see, and here's the other thing with me. It would depend on the, because like the movie poster, I would not get. Hmm. But, but that's the thing is like, if I'm going to have a movie poster, I want it to be the movie poster, but I also don't particularly love the movie poster for this movie for onward no for knives out oh never mind i would my, get the one i would get the knives out one that is the uh the magnifying glass with the knife i would not get the one that's all the people oh well, does the one with all the people have all the knives too though um there's one that does and one that doesn't the one you know that what? does is like an avengers poster where it has uh, uh chris evans on an armus and uh daniel craig at the top with like a slice coming through him um on that note i will point out one of the film's twists that i don't think works at all is the prop knife one because everybody can see that coming so it's not there's no tension to it you know what i mean as soon as he grabs the yeah, knife I, everyone in the audience i didn't is like, think she would die yeah everyone's like oh yeah it's it's not real Prop i knife. think it's just it's a thing that's there to see if you're watching or not see that mm. you know you know how the prestige starts with with uh, him asking if you're watching closely. Well, I think, I, yeah. Well, I think the thing, the version of that that works in this movie is the dogs barking. The fact that the dogs yeah. hate him. Like that's something that if you're paying attention, you'll you'll get and you'll feel like you earned that like clue. 
Yes. But yes. the prop knife one's too obvious because he says it. I don't think it is though. I don't. There's there's people out there where I don't think it's too obvious for them. Yeah. That's. I don't want to make them feel bad if they don't catch it. You're right. I'm not. I'm not. It's not even talking about people feeling bad. It's just like some people have people have different levels of like awareness of what's going on within the movie. It's hard too if you're watching this movie at home and you're distracted. You're on your phone. You're signing up for all the bacon and eggs patreons instead of you know looking up or looking at your TV and focusing. You're right. Right. Exactly what you're doing yeah, that's, that's what, all that's the what kids i find do myself days. doing <laughs> instead of tiktok i'm signing up for bacon and eggs on patreon <laughs> i'm doing tiktoks of myself doing that yeah let's so right. let's let's talk about actors here for a minute uh this movie has a lot of people in it that are famous movies tend to do that well th- i would say this one more so than your average movie mm. there's a yeah, lot of kind of like inception yeah exactly what <laughs> what i really want to what it comes down to is captain america won civil war because this was chris evans follow-up to endgame and what was what did robert downey jr do do little exactly yeah did he wait did he do something else so that came out after Endgame. I don't was think this so. The next, no. Was Doolittle the next thing? He, I believe um, so. Tony Stark appears as a skeleton in Spider-Man: Far From Home. Okay, so there you go. And a hologram. Is he a hologram? Uh, isn't he? Yes. In, home, in yes. Far From Home. Yes. One of uh, Mysterio's minions is like on side view in Civil War. Yes. Okay. This happens. Then we yes. are agreed. What is this? What post production? Robert Downey Jr. credit. No release date yet. It's called All Star Weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I vaguely remember Will bringing that up with Corey and Cinemaholics when because I didn't review Doolittle with them. I missed that episode mysteriously. Couldn't fit it into my <laughs> schedule. You just couldn't take this yourself is, to the theater. Like, could okay, you? so the the t- the one sentence synopsis is two buddies form a rivalry over their favorite basketball player, and we have no uh, poster. But the cast is Robert Downey Jr., Gerard Butler, Jamie Foxx, Benicio del Toro, and Eva Longoria and DJ Khaled. I hate everything about this. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all the stars for a whole weekend. It's an all star. And then uh, and then. Sherlock Holmes 3 in production, post-production. I'm surprised that actually is Pre-production? Happen. Pre-production. Well, God knows I what's going to happen at this point. How many movies are going to get canceled because of this thing? We'll see. Hmm. I think we're just going to have a great fall. <laughs> Maybe. Just like powerhouse film after powerhouse film after yeah. powerhouse film. You know I the November blockbuster uh, season is going to be crazy this year. That that uh, Thanksgiving weekend, that's a hot ticket weekend. I'm, I'm mad because uh, the coronavirus is going to make me the thing or make... Coronavirus is going to be the thing that makes me wrong about when Stranger Things 4 comes out. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people that have to be in the same room to make a movie, isn't it? A yeah. lot of them, yeah. Well, that's why... Even, like... That's how Tom Hanks got it, right? Yeah. Because they were shooting was a movie just, in Australia. Yeah. God. And that was just rehearsals. I don't think they even started shooting. Feel free to not answer this question, but do you guys have coronavirus? No. You I do not. Okay. Not that I know of. Yeah, I don't think I have it. Should we find out? I'm too I'm too young and healthy to know. I haven't Let's, gone outside today, uh, yeah, so same. we'll see. Let's live blog our test. So I... <laughs> have gone outside there's nothing wrong with going outside right it's it's going around people that's the problem right i can so still go downtown that's difficult and people yeah, people don't Jimmy know Jones. how to keep their distance around here like i'm at target at the pharmacy picking up something essential and if you don't know the bay area is under lockdown we're not supposed to be out unless it's at the supermarket or the pharmacy and just people are just like coming up to me just you know the rules six feet they're a foot coming up <laughs> and i'm in line like what am i supposed to do except kick but i don't because there's a virus going around. yeah you're not so. supposed to kick them 
I don't yeah. think that's it. I just feel like it. I just want to get away from all the germs. But So if you remember the movie Holes, they have six foot by six foot holes that they dig every day. Uh, and they measure with their shovels. So the key hmm. is a six foot shovel. And then you don't have to kick them. You can just shovel them. If you, right. If you like them, you can hit them with the blunt end of the shovel. But if you don't like them. Hmm. But then the virus gets on my shovel. On and I have to disinfect oh, the shovel. God. And with what hand sanitizer? I'm not going to find any. <laughs> I'm scared for you. I'm so worried this i i don't i'm not even gonna speak into existence my scary thoughts Mm-mm-mm. yeah but i'm just gonna stay here in my bunker and watch ryan johnson movies have you thought good? about shrek instead yeah that's more will ashton's thing when was the last time you thought about Shrek? Um, probably earlier today when I watched the Honest trailer for Mulan because Screen Junkies put that out today or yesterday. And uh, it makes a little joke about Eddie Murphy, the donkey from Shrek. So there that makes you go. sense. Yeah, pretty logical. Haven't thought about Shrek since. That happened a few hours ago. <laughs> and you haven't thought about Shrek in a few hours. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Who do you think you are, John McCartney? Uh, <laughs> I've been thinking instead about Kung Fu Panda. Have every you? Is, minute, that, every is that true? No, I have not been thinking about that movie at all. I don't like that movie as much. I've we have talked about this before Kung Fu Panda is an animated trilogy of great renown that I have seen absolutely none of one of my friends uh works at DreamWorks Animation yeah he was my coworker once and he uh he worked on Kung Fu Panda 3 that was the first DreamWorks film he worked on and the latest one he worked on was uh I guess it was Trolls it's Trolls 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 World Tour yeah is that DreamWorks yes yeah okay that's right because I think he went to the world premiere and he was posting pictures about it or something but anyway I'll I'll call him right now and bring him on the you guys want to talk to him you want to joking I've I've talked to DreamWorks animators I you know I I feel like they're nice to you my friend's pretty chill wait who did you talk to this DreamWorks animator actually I don't know if Nate's ever worked on a DreamWorks movie, but he was our first guest on Bacon and Eggs. He's an animator? Nate. Nate Pratt, my cousin. Did I forget this? I remember Nate Pratt. We talked about Back to the Future 3. What is he animated? Uh, he's done all sorts of stuff. Let me see if I can find his... He did a long stint on, uh, uh... What is that channel? Cartoon Network. He did a long stint on there doing, uh, Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law. Oh, cool. People love that show. Uh, I had a coworker who worked at Cartoon Network. Uh, he worked on Cow and Chicken. And when I told him, I was like, I was raised by that show. He was like, gosh, how old am I? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was like well in his 50s he felt so old it was really I'll bad. tell you what I haven't thought about in a long time was cow and chicken <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think about with bacon and eggs it's like the same concept one of these cow and one's chicken but I guess we all know who <laughs> neither of those is cow <laughs> okay <laughs> whatever you one say. of them is pig <laughs> Maybe One you're both the red chicken. devil guy. I forgot uh, that we were bacon and eggs see. for a minute, and I thought you were just calling me a pig, and I was like, uh... <laughs> Wait, where's the pig? It's cow and chicken. Oh, Tyler said pig. Yeah, also, bacon, bacon is, is a pig. pig. <laughs> Not cow. You can't make beef bacon. I mean, you probably could. Probably could, but uh, I don't think it would work as well as you want it to. We all know cows do not lay eggs. As far as we, as far as we know, yeah. Yeah, so I guess this means you have to change your name to milk and eggs. <laughs> Oh no God! Cows lay podcast. the the thought of cows lay milk <laughs> is just. <laughs> <laughs> You actually remind me, which one of you is bacon, which one's egg? I forgot. Tyler's bacon. He claimed it. <laughs> I'm bacon. Oh. I claimed it. It was like a week dibs. in, and he was like, not that anybody's ever going to ask, but in case they ask, I'm bacon. <laughs> of course people would ask. Your logo used to be anthropomorphized <laughs> bacon and eggs. Yeah. The fact yeah. that he thought nobody was ever going to ask was wild to me. I think it was not that we're ever going to answer. 
was the question. No, you said that oh, not just in case anybody asks is what you told me. I can probably find the text. I'll make sure you do. If you try to edit this out, I will tweet the truth. Oh, no, we know. People know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, <laughs> oh, it's not a secret no. anymore. It was a secret. We, we played it a secret ago. for a while. It was like, oh, you got to join the Discord to find out. Oh, that's marketing. You, now, you have to di- now you have to join the Discord because you think it's valuable and the coronavirus. You're bored. So just hang out in our Discord. Group chats John are Negroni shows up. John Negroni shows up rarely. <laughs> Once a year. When I do, it goes down. <laughs> yeah. I've been referred to as the donut hole without a hole of the donut that is the Discord. Are you making a Benoit Blanc reference right here? Who's that? This is the character that was supposed to be oh, played by movie. Kevin Spacey in the movie we just watched. I can't even imagine. Kevin Spacey in You that can't role? imagine? No. Oh. Who are you talking about? It's like who he played. <laughs> Daniel Craig does it so much better. Uh, no, I agree. I, I agree, but you could just feel that part being written for, for whatever the hell his name was. Frank Underwood. It's a distinct Frank Underwood, yeah. It's a distinct energy, though. And it's more of like the Logan Lucky Daniel Craig. No, I very much lo- I I love the like that, energy maybe. that Daniel Craig brought to it. It's it's so much, like, slower than... It, he's He just he makes you think that he's kind of behind the eight ball, but he's not. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like Tyler doesn't like the movie at all. And I think I know why. I think he didn't like the Ana de Armas character. It's okay. What's her name? Marta. Marta. I didn't dislike Marta. Then who is it? Who's who's the weak link? For is it you? Don Johnson from Miami Vice? <laughs> No, you know what? So I watched this movie and I was like, that oh, wasn't what I was expecting, but that's very, very good. When I rewatch that, I'm sure I will like it much more. And I, I stand by that. I think because it, it subverted my expectations in a way that I didn't think it would. That's just why I'm a little cold on it. I didn't dislike it by any measure. That's fair. Um, I love the character development of Daniel Craig's character where like at the beginning, he's this like cold passive observer. And by the end, he's like invested in it because he cares about the people or he cares about Marta more than anything. Yeah. And that kind of shows that like Marta has has this sort of like reverse paternal role where like when there's a paternal figure in her life she draws them to them draws them to her in like a a very platonic very real way which i think is really really interesting because we see her do that twice uh so i thought that was cool um i felt like i was gonna get more chris evans in the sweater i thought we got a decent Dude. amount no man i cabled it that's something special uh you know you can get that sweater on ll bean i've seen people tweet it out before I've been like, ooh, one day when I when I'm not broke, I might get that sweater. And I'm not and more broad shouldered. Yeah, it's not my color though. That's a problem. I don't know what it's like to have Chris Evans' jawline. It's gotta be pretty dope. It can't <laughs> it can't suck to look like Chris Evans. Uh, I did I Benoit Blanc the whole time. I was like, mm, that's Kevin Spacey. Uh, mm. which is fine. Like again, I love Kevin Spacey, so this isn't an issue. And maybe that's me seeing something that's not there. You talk about Logan Lucky. Isn't Logan Lucky just like Baby Driver, but with Adam Driver and I guess uh mm, they're very different movies structurally yeah, they, they have cars. and thematically. Yeah. Well, there is a little <laughs> bit of like, yeah, they're, like well, they're kinda like heist movies in the South, so I can see the similarity. Like I would I wouldn't be surprised if they were a double feature, right? Oh yeah. But the filmmaking is totally different. Like Logan Lucky is kind of laid back. I've never seen Logan Lucky. It's like it's like a laid back crime movie. And it's not really about the heist. It's about the emotional drama. Whereas Baby Driver is like, that's like an, almost an action. It's all about the heist. Have you seen Logan oh, Lucky, yeah. Tyler? So, you know, you should, no, you I would haven't. like it. Uh, so, you know how it's good. this movie is Steven like Soderbergh. taking it's the exactly mystery drama. It's exactly what you want from a heist movie in that it's, it's Steven yeah, Soderbergh. Yeah, it's Ocean's Eleven. Oh, it is exactly what I want. It's is Ocean's it Seven Eleven. It's, it's pretty quippy, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I would like it. Ethan, we did it. We found his movie. Mm-hmm. We found my. This was not I thought we were watching. <laughs> you saw the wrong uh, trailer. 
Oh, dang it's got it. Sebastian Stan. I was really it. expecting There's Adam Daniel Driver. Craig with a southern accent. I can't wait. <laughs> Where's Channing Tatum? Yeah, it's got Channing Tatum. Where's, it's where's got Seth MacFarlane. Adam Driver. Sebastian Riley Stan. Keogh. Tyler's a Sebastian cast. Stan Stan. Hillary Swank. I am a Sebastian Stan Stan. This sounds like my kind of film. Next week on Bacon and Eggs. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? There's a quarantine. We can do whatever we want. Or maybe People we're just in time. West Virginia. There's no excuses. <laughs> right. Isn't it Charlotte? Uh, uh, oh, they sing the song West Virginia. And don't they go to North Carolina to the for the NASCAR? He works at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, right? Okay. Like at the beginning. But they sing the song West Virginia. Well, yeah, Take Me Home Country Road is yeah, not that, a... I mean, that's uh, just sort of like a... a um, that's a West Virginia song. I mean, it song. is, but it's that's a southern song. Yeah, all right. Country road, take me home. Tyler Carlin, is that a tear in your eye? <laughs> I belong, Southwest Virginia. <laughs> um, I, that's right. We grew up in like the same area, huh? We did. How do you but forget these Lynchburg. things? I don't know how I forget that the architecture of your rooms just looks so different of, of my of my laundry room where, where, where i am right now <laughs> right i just i just moved into a trendy downtown apartment downtown yep. roanoke i didn't even know roanoke Star had City, apartments baby. it does downtown i think i've only been in downtown roanoke like twice oh, and that is why my room looks like this and sounds like this is because it's a very tall room in a downtown apartment i should have switched my skype profile picture to me in front of the star for star country <laughs> You guys would have been like, it's not wait, the wrong star country <laughs> Not the star country star. <laughs> yeah. It was back in like 2009. We went to go see Watchmen in Roanoke because it wasn't Whoa. playing in Lynchburg. And yeah, I know. R-rated movie. Boop, boop, boop. And I was... 18. But I was not. It felt like an adventure. Yeah, we went to your Regal. I still go to that Regal. Hmm. Yeah. That's where I saw Onward, right next to Seamus Gorman. I have to tell you guys something. This is really important. The listeners are definitely going to care about this. Uh, okay. I moved. I don't live in that part of the Bay Area anymore that you probably forgot. Now, I live in the East Bay Area, and I tell you that because now I get to go to a Regal all the time instead of an AMC, and here's the oh. bottom line. Regal is so much better than AMC. Change my mind. In every no, yeah, we're way. Not, we're not going no, to. in every way. Dang. Yeah. Wait, okay, so how do you rank? How do you rank national theater chains? Uh, so Regal and AMC are both garbage. Uh, okay, all right. But that's take. because we used to, we used to have a Paragon, which is no longer a Paragon. We used to it's have a Cinemark. We lived in Newport News, and it's gone to. It's a Cinemark. It became a Cinemark. Paragon was the greatest theater ever. I've never even heard of Paragon. They had like twelve theaters, and now they it's, have zero I mean, theaters. I'm, uh, I'm certain. I'm certain that your Regal is what our Paragon was with reclining seats and yep. like assigned but seats. But our, yeah. our Regal Screen-X. is the nicest theater in Roanoke and it has remained unchanged since you went there in 2009 to see Watchmen. That's not true. That's not true. They, we painted, okay, they painted the, the front, front red. It was yeah. blue. Okay, it is they not red. The front red. It is uh, a Regal that doesn't look like a Regal. Yeah. Which the, I, Regal, the Regal outside is like one of the leading factors to why I like Regals. They look cool. There is a cool AMC in San Francisco called the AMC Metreon, and there's another one called the AMC Kabuki. Um, get it? Cause Kabuki Theater. But oh no, I get it. I'm not laughing, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Your face said, "I don't want to get it. Too edgy." Um, but they're really cool theaters. But every all the AMC's out that outside of there are just trash cans. The AMC's here and suck. The, but Regal yeah. just uh, Regal no, introduced no their offense, own unlimited Wolfie, the, plan, so I have that instead of AMC stubs now. Yeah, I have Regal Unlimited. No AMC stubs. It was hard to can. Cancel AMC stubs. It was. Way, right? That's that's a review right there. I had to like call a guy named Hank. I had to go to this drive through. I had to put on this weird poncho. He took me to the hours. Whopper layer. <laughs> you used a freaking Dane Cook it. joke from 2008. I, I could probably I recite that, that whole bit. That. <laughs> take it to the Whopper <laughs> Where do I go? You follow the one Fortnite. Bro, you're on. Where do you, where do you go? <laughs> 
oh, you're going to take a left turn. Up there. <laughs> you're going to see a guy in a poncho. His name's Hank. He'll take you to the Whopper Lair. He'll take you to the Whopper Lair. And if you don't get Where there do in five go? minutes, we keep your food. I got a Whopper Lair fries. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Speaking are you, of college. Are you, like, binging old Dane Cook sketch or bits? No, that's something just ingrained in my brain. I, I park my car in a parking garage now, yeah. and it does the parking garage thing where, where it just, like, screeches as I drive through it. And I think about Dane Cook every time <laughs> I move my car at this point. I think about Dane Cook. Uh, he talks about this girl having, like, a happy ending at the end of a date. And I think about the part where he says, so I'm driving my car, right? And it's a 1978 barn. And he just, like, reaches over and touches the, like, tin roof wall that he has set up as his background. I think about that moment from that bit all the time. I'm just glad Dane Cook was not in Knives Out. But if he was. You know, he could have been in it. He was in Dan in Real Life. People love Dan, Dan in Real, Real Life. Dan in Real Life a great movie. Well, who would he have been? Who would you have cast Dane Cook as in Knives Out? Walt? Uh, which one's Walt? Is he's Walt about Michael Shannon? Walt? Yeah. yeah, probably. Or Ransom. Because he's a little older. He's too old he for Ransom. He could play Ransom. He? He's probably this, exactly the same age as Chris Evans. He, he Okay, you're right. So like... Actor-wise, like casting-wise, that probably makes most sense thematically. However, one of the things that we tied it back around, one of the things that works about Knives no, Out with the Dan casting Cook is Chris 10 Evans, years older than Chris Evans. We see, yeah, we see Chris Evans as Captain America, right? It makes it a little harder and a little bit off-putting for us to see him as a dastardly bad I person. I loved it so Am I much. The only one? I, it reminds me of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that was a, that was, was straight up. I was like, yeah. this is a Lucas Lee movie, like yeah. This is Lucas Lee. It's not even exactly what I thought. He can do it all. It's like, I feel like Lucas Lee could play this part as well as Chris Evans could. Um, so one thing I want to talk about, speaking of, we talked about Baby Driver, we talked about Logan Lucky, we talked about Knives Out, and we talked about Ryan Johnson being the kind of director that takes a genre film and kind of turns it on his head. We talked about Star Wars. We talked last week about, like, Are you, are you about to talk about Bond? And, no, oh. and Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm not talking about I was going to say, Bond. you were going to be so about, far out of your depth. No, oh my God, I can never talk about Bond. I don't know. Fortnite. I've seen, like, one Brosnan film from when I was, like, seven, Whoa. and then I've seen, like, two Craig films. I... I you Don't even bother. I've seen every single one except I, Spectre. Listen, yeah, you haven't seen Spectre? I, I haven't seen Spectre it's actually. Not that bad. I, it wasn't even the, I that even I thought it was bad. Like, people loved it. It hasn't come up. Like it's never been on a service for me to be like, I should watch Spectre right now. And that's the only way I'm going to watch Spectre. So here's what I want to talk about. Baby Driver is to like the heist automotive drama. <laughs> what? Okay, so like Fast and Furious is good, right? I we just, like Fast and Furious, but like Baby Driver just takes that to another level. Ethan's going to interrupt me again. Automotive talk about drama. <laughs> <laughs> that's cars three <laughs> okay right the presence okay. of an automotive Here's drama think about implies I... automotive comedy <laughs> <laughs> which you know fair i know but i'm just i love the fact to, to classify movies like that it makes me so happy <laughs> yeah i mean you know what, what is like, like heist movies? which was voiced by dane cook what was dane cook in planes yeah the the main dusty yeah, he character. was the main guy <laughs> Dusty, Dusty was Dane Cook. I drive a 1978 tool shed. <laughs> anyway, so I think about, I here's what happened. I watched Knives Out and then I watched NCIS and I was like, oh my God, how dare anybody ever watch NCIS? Even though this is the kind of page turner drama I've been dying to buy for months now. Movies are so much better than TV. Baby Driver is better than Fast and the Furious, but I still like Fast and the Furious. What? point made can we connect the dots can somebody uh, connect no those dots that was a me? lot of points you just made first of all ncis it seems is like garbage. you're trying to say that it seems like you're trying to say that knives out is la la land are you implying that knives out is from. to ncis yes. what baby driver is to the fast and furious <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds like sort it. of 
NCIS is like a police procedural. I get it. You're saying that it's elevated Uh, car drama. Right, but this this movie would have to follow Keith Stanfield for it to be anything like NCIS. Here's here's my problem with NCIS. This is what drew me to literally this exact reference is I was watching NCIS New Orleans. Oh, whoa. Hold on. The Gibbs character. Wait, which one's New Orleans? The one where the Gibbs character is some the, the guy that produces all of them and the Gibbs buddy character is Sean from Tokyo Drift. Oh, which one has Chris okay. O'Donnell and LO Cool J? Is that uh, Los Angeles? Because that one's the, good. Too Fast, Too Furious? that was... No, no, the NCIS <laughs> no. one. Although that's a NCIS? pretty good explanation. I don't know where we're at at this point. I was like, LL Cool J was in that? Um, <laughs> that would be Too Fast, Too Furious. That'd be Paul Walker and Ludacris. No, not Paul Walker. Yeah, Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah, no, not Ludacris. Yeah. No, uh, Tyrese. Tyrese Gibson. That was it, yeah. yeah. Tyrese Gibson. L- Ludacris is in it, though. It's a Too Fast, Too Furious. Act a full Best song to come out of the series. Okay. Um. Closely followed by the Tokyo Drift song. Which one? See, what? I wouldn't. Uh, do you I want me to sing it? Tokyo Drift song? Are you talking about like ding, 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 ding? That song? <laughs> no, because I, I, I would I would be referring to uh, Bandoleros uh, by Don Omar featured Tego Calderon because that's my favorite song from the series, and that's from three Tokyo Drift. Speak, speaking of Tokyo Drift. Um, I was once playing laser tag and we had to yes. do like special names. And so I was going to be Han and they thought I meant Han Solo. So I thought I'd be, I thought I'd be a little jerk and I would say Han dies, but that's referencing Tokyo Drift. It's not referencing Force Awakens because this was in 2016. But right. then because they, they redid it, and they took the spaces out. My laser tag name was Handies. <laughs> <laughs> I still won. <laughs> Everybody wins. <laughs> when Handy's wins, everybody wins. You brought up the happy end. <laughs> I don't know what you want. Where's the door? Where <laughs> when, did this, when did this become bacon and legs? Where's the handle? <laughs> to everybody who just got that joke, I'm so sorry, That was Mom. another Dan Cook bit. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Carlin. Um, I was going to say, though, instead of NCIS, I would say Murder, She Wrote, because they even show that in the the movie and then the whole thing where it's like he's an author of, like, murder mysteries. And I appreciate in the second movie all the little, like, like uh, Trooper Wagner, his character. He was so, like, I didn't even notice him the first time I saw the movie. The second time, I was like, this guy's hilarious, where he, like, he knows all the stories and he, like, references yeah. things. From Hamilton. <laughs> he's, yeah. And he didn't know Death Hamilton. surprise. He should be on Bacon and Eggs. He'd be great. The, he, he would fit in. To the, well. to the yeah. wait for his reference of all the books that don't have movies <laughs> well no it just sounds like he's a pop culture detective that's fair but no this seems like instead of this seems like ryan johnson instead of trying to make a movie that rips off agatha christie he tried to make a movie that agatha christie would have liked i would say hitchcock too because hitchcock famously did not like whodunits he didn't like mystery movies because he didn't think that they were rewatchable and had a lot of tension and so like there's people who are sort of divided between agatha christie and the hitchcock version of suspense and i got the sense of this movie that he wanted to almost have a marriage of hitchcock and christie into like one glorious original movie and that's why i think it's a film school movie because it does so much with its two hours to like it's so many things and at the same time it's like one unique thing you don't just learn about how to make a mystery movie or a crime movie you learn how to take existing genres and existing ideas in filmmaking and you learn how to make your own movie out of it by subverting expectations in the right ways without it being too subversive. Yeah, it seems there's a lot of people that forgot to learn that m- message in film school these days. Well, all the film schools are closed no, I right think now. they got through film school and they were like, yeah, they are. But they were like, what's the best way to make money? Is Regal Cinema still allowing like 20 college students to make a movie in one of their theaters? No. 
Oh yeah, do you, you guys see those, right? Like where they Oh yeah. I'm Olivia Wilde. No, 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 no. Hold on. Y'all back up. That was Coca-Cola partnered with Regal, and our Regal doesn't sell Coca-Cola anymore. Those films are Ours gone. doesn't either. They're gone. I don't think I think Regal yeah. lost this part. It's all Pepsi. It's all Pepsi now. So the, those films didn't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen this film since that happened. That was recent. And they replaced it with a stupid Simpsons short. <laughs> the, no, well, that well, was, that was just... for onward. <laughs> it's been every movie since they changed it. What? Have you only well, watched Onward? You've only seen Onward. Well, granted, granted, they changed it a week ago here. And I have a newborn, okay? I don't get to just go to the movies. <gasps> the newborn came uh, in. Not the newborn, the pie came in. Oh, boy. The pie. Wait, Emily, what about a Coca-Cola? <laughs> now, these are I bagels. I no Coca-Cola. Bagels! You drink, the bagels. You drink Coke in. Diesel? Uh, yeah, I am drinking Coke Diesel. It showed up at my house at a 12 I was going to say, somebody's got right, family in town then. Oh, yeah, gosh. I, I'm not buying it. Something else has happened since you guys, I talked to you guys on bacon and eggs. Uh, You're bagels now, right? I'm getting married. I heard about that. <gasps> Marriage time. I think my, like... I think my, like, will you be my best man package got lost in the mail, but I want you to know, yes, I will. It was a time-sensitive tweet, and you never responded because you unfollowed me. <laughs> I did not unfollow you on Twitter. I mean, you did follow me back, but too late. Uh, well, I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> you know, funny enough, my best man is the guy who took the picture of me in front of the star country. Isn't that crazy? Not the, <laughs> that is crazy. So I know everybody was wondering in, that. In, the, in Virginia? In Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, no, the wedding. Is the wedding here oh. in Virginia? No, no. It's going to be in California. Well, that sounds far away. Far, <laughs> far, far away. Yeah, I hope. You know, actually, I I feel like listen. I love Roanoke. I would. I I came back here because I like it here. But I think if I was born and raised in Lynchburg, I think California <laughs> okay, would John, have been I more likely. John, I want to talk to something. I, so I just went to your. This is gonna be a you and me conversation here. John Tyler can join in if he wants, but I don't know that he's ever yeah. seen this movie. Uh, I just went yeah. to your Twitter to make sure I still follow you, and I saw your tweet about uh the seeking a friend for the end of the world scenes. Yeah, and I literally woke up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, having a nightmare about how about the, the scene where like they have to run because they're like building that they're living in is being burned down by the mob or whatever oh, see that's the scene the scene i keep freaking out with is when they actually still go to work and like somebody like jumps out the window no you guys talking about the harold and kumar white castle no. movie we're talking about yeah uh, michael uh not michael Scott, <laughs> uh steve carell and uh kira knightley but no like i just I, I imagine every day this like weird it's some combination of that scene and yeah. the scene from inception of like my apartment building being overrun by a mob right i also tweeted um now that you follow me again um <laughs> that i chose the worst time like I, I did not make this decision knowing about our current moment i literally was just on PS4 store and I was like oh The Last of Us I've been meaning to play that dumb dumb idea because I started that movie or that video game and for those of you who don't know The Last of Us is a video game that starts with a pandemic and everybody has to I couldn't sleep last night guys like I was waking up tossing and turning it was bad about a month ago Ethan came to my house for, for game night hashtag bagels and uh we played Pandemic and like we almost let everybody in the world die I did not like it yeah glad you're not running the CDC well well, we didn't let anybody disease die. center control control, control center <laughs> yeah sure oh yeah center for disease control there you go center for carlin control that would be ccc not cdc yeah <laughs> i'm gonna ccc you on that email <laughs> Carbon, carbon copy. But yeah, <laughs> a Xerox of a Xerox. Um, but yeah, are you guys watching a lot of stuff? Um, trying to like kill time and like 
catch up on things or is life pretty normal for you? There's no uh, cases in Southwest Virginia since there's no tests in Southwest Virginia. There are tests. Uh, so We've had maybe. people get tested here. Uh, oh. Well, th- nobody's tested positive yet. Um, That's good. So I'm just, I'm still working. I'm not going to work. We're working from home, but I'm, I'm still working during the days. And uh, my in-laws are here because they're from D.C. My father-in-law is older. There's a lot of cases up there. So they came down here to stay with us. Uh, yeah. I so during- am a freelance tour photographer who can't go on tour right now. So it's a little different for me. Yeah, yeah I feel your pain. Um, I work for tech and that means I'm working from home, uh, but it's hard to do the film critic stuff when nothing's coming out and it feels like movie theaters are going to maybe go away. It's like, do you have the feeling that they're just not going to ever open up again? What if that doesn't No, happen? I don't have that feeling. I think some like, chains will go out of business. Yeah, I've been away from the feeling of this is the end of the world. Like everybody has this, this too shall pass attitude, which is good. I think that's the attitude we should have people are being a little cavalier with that attitude which is bad but i think like we need to operate under the impression that like we're going to get through this we will get through it yes i just think i agree we're gonna get through it i just think a lot of things are gonna change and i'm trying to like reconcile that in my head of like yeah like some things are gonna we're gonna lose some things out of this and i'm like well, i don't know what those things are yet maybe not a lot i mean yeah you'll stuff, you'll but you'll as soon as the the bands lift and everything they'll go out and, and realize that some restaurants just didn't open back up and that um yeah you know but i think the movie theaters will open back up i think i don't i wouldn't I worry about regal and amc in the bay area i think you'll be fine we might lose one of our amcs here yeah there i'm worried about our local indie theaters honestly i think those ones are the ones that they can't afford to not be open like the right. landmark theaters out here and if that happens that's that's how i watch a lot of indie movies i don't know what i'll do I'll, it'll be like i live in lynchburg again and my only option is regal or the dollar theater a dollar theater that sounds nice you never went to the dollar theater and that's the theater i worked at where i got my posters you never no. went to lynchburg did you no we had no reason to no why would i why why would i ever go that's where liberty is i'm you know what that may be true but it's still home <laughs> i mean that's fine but like we we also live in roanoke everything we have there that you have there we have here well okay we had no we didn't really have good food huh well okay so we had no didn't, didn't have you really have a fake sports. ski slope yes we do have that but you could just go to west virginia um we have a really racist a college campus that's why i stay away from lynchburg liberty scares me dang yeah they're I mean, still I'm, open. I'm not like our chancellor wouldn't no, uh, cancel classes i went to that college by the way did yeah. you really yeah i went to liberty oh i did not know that um i have no problem with people that go I there i thought you went to like, plenty of perfectly fine people go there it's an education i have a problem with myself for going there so yeah same here don't you work for like one of the biggest tech companies in the world i don't think you get to have a problem with yourself for going there you wouldn't be afforded that opportunity without that college education um true but i wanted to go to dartmouth but my family wouldn't let me because my mom was a teacher at a school connected to liberty and so even though i was accepted in a dartmouth and that's what i wanted to do my family was like you gotta go where your tuition's paid for so that's a little a little thing about me aren't you gonna feel pretty dumb if our student loans all get paid for now i mean i still had student loans but not talk i don't think that will that apply to private schools it must must not yeah it, must. it would well, apply to student know. loans i had to take oh. loans out for books and for i had to do extra credit hours my internship like this is a good amount of money also and I, like living on campus. i don't think there's anybody over, or under the age of 35 that's like sitting there going well no i had to pay for it uh there is oh no I, oh there are there there are um, i know a lot well, of people yeah, not, age, not anybody sure. i want to listen to <laughs> well that's the thing is like people have that mentality of like you shouldn't pay for you have to pay for student loans because i did god i'm just hoping that i don't this, necessarily agree with the, the one silver lining that i i feel like we might stand a chance at getting out of coronavirus is a semblance of people coming together you know what this 
this turned into? This turned into that scene from Knives Out where they all sit around talking about politics. Yeah, except none of so, us is going to defend yeah. the kids in cages thing. Right, yeah. No devil. No devil's oh, advocates. That is part here, of what huh? I loved about Knives Out is that it is just unapologetically, like, any time the white people get a chance to be assholes, they're going to take them. Well, did you watch The Hunt, that new movie? No. Mm-mm-mm. So we reviewed it on Cinemaholics, plug, and uh, Will, Will and I were talking about this with The Man of the Jedi, an awesome YouTuber. Uh, and we, we kind of, we didn't bring up Knives Out, but we did bring out Parasite and how that's a better movie when it comes to like coming after like rich liberal elites. Um, cause the hunt kind of does that, but it's not very good at it. And Knives Out is so good at it. Cause like one of the, one of the ongoing threads in Knives Out, this is another connection to the humor is the fact that they all claim they're, they're all hypocrites. And like the, the script is nuanced in how it lays that out. Like it's not too over the top with how they're totally full of it because they say things like, uh, oh, she's a good girl. We're going to take care of her um when uh it's it's found out that ransom's not gonna get anything in the will they're like this could be the best thing that happens to you and then literally when it happens to them they obviously don't believe that right and so that that was just something that i thought was like a cool i know not everybody in the family it obviously is like the rich liberal elite but they are sort of like the upper class they think that they're sort of like nice to immigrants and they're nice to, you know what i mean right like they think that they're Awesome. And you see it and very clearly in the not. scene that not a single one of them knows where she's from. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Paraguay, Brazil, Nicaragua, Ecuador. 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 Yeah, that was the other one. I think she's probably from Argentina. That's where Ana de Armas is from, I think. But yeah, I was going to say, she's pretty white matter. to be from a lot of those places. Well, you know, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is from Argentina. And I saw a clip of her speaking Spanish. And it was, that was bagel right there. Yeah. Do you, do you speak fluent Spanish? I used to. Uh, my whole family does, except I just never speak it. So I, I have to be around my family for a while for it to come back and i haven't been to puerto rico uh most of my family left puerto rico so like i don't know i haven't been there since i was like 13 i've never been there but i understand it's not the well, best i mean there's just so right much now. there's just so much to do in america well, puerto rico has the best beaches and like there's an island called culebra that is uh, is a fantastic uh, crystal clear water but yeah right now it's not the easiest place in the world to go visit i believe it i don't think anywhere's easy well, to right visit now, right yeah, now well, everywhere's easy to visit well <laughs> i think the last couple of years especially because of the hurricane you can yeah that's what i was referring to i was like wait context yeah it's easy you know i would say the coronavirus probably hasn't really affected with the exception of stuff that i was going to do and now can't do it it's so far it hasn't really affected my life that much uh-huh. but i definitely think it will it's getting there well your your uh significant other is a nurse yeah but she's so she's not really gonna, gonna have be... to deal with it i i mean if it's 40 to 70 percent of the population like some people are saying she's gonna I have mean, to yeah, deal but with she's it. like it's she's one of the last a... people in the hospital they're gonna deal with it because she's right. surgical post-op does she is she a nurse for like a rich book author best-selling no she works at like a hospital hospital oh okay i want to change the subject from coronavirus to best-selling book authors because i'm dying for page turner ncis quality books okay is that the kind of books this guy was writing what i I think he was supposed to be like uh stephen king but also agatha christie like i think he was supposed to be the huge massive success of stephen king with the writing style and like murder mystery style of agatha christie see i was was thinking like i was thinking like uh Oh, uh, what, uh, like James Patterson or like Dan Brown. I would say more prolific than Dan Brown. Yeah. You don't think Steve, I think Stephen King is more prolific than those guys by hair. Yeah, but Stephen Except, King does well, horror. Maybe not with the like, film adaptations. He, see, that's, that's the other thing is like, there's no well, you'd be hard pressed murder to find mystery it. author. Yeah. Who's not like a, who's that successful, who doesn't have film. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, you know, there hasn't been a James or James Patterson movie in a long time, um, but they still exist. And like there's Stephen King movies every year. Um, yeah. There's, there's a Stephen King movie happening right now, right in front of us. There is. Yeah. When the door opened earlier, that wasn't Tyler Carlin's wife. 
Sorry, I don't have any like sound effects. I don't. I don't think you've read a whole lot of Stephen King. No, I haven't. I don't really like Stephen King novels very much. He's he's interesting. He he's got a lot of great ones and a lot of ones that are just absolute garbage. And there's no rhyme or reason to when they're going to come out. Well, there's a connection to it because the kid who plays the kids from It is in this. Whatever his name is, he plays the troll. Is he in It? I haven't seen It. Yeah, he plays the older brother character. Have not seen those. Tyler's seen It, right? It It Chapter Two. Neither of them. I've seen the I've seen the no, miniseries of Tim Curry. I've seen the classic. It. I'm surprised you guys haven't seen it. Okay, we're not big horror people. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't like either of the movies, no. so I'm not like, oh, why didn't you see it? And but. that's the thing is like, it's one of those movies where like people saw the first one and were like, that was all right. And I was like, okay, well, if it's not great, I'm not going to go see it. If it's not Jordan Peele, I'm not going to go I see it. I remember people loving it. Maybe it was yeah, a film If it's Twitter not Jordan thing, Peele's but. level horror, horror. Oh, I, the problem with film Twitter is that I just can't possibly keep up. Mm. There all. are just straight up but too many horror movies like, that come out every year to keep up with them. No, and and my goal is not to be as well read of a film critic as as is as there is. My my goal is definitely how do I talk about films in such a way that I can connect with people who are pretty casual with their film interests. So I'm I'm woefully under underseen under uh, my, my catalog of films that I've seen is but here's my small thing I, I for, it's for still a lot bigger the authority than I watch with. John Negroni tweet about oh, movies yeah. all year and I see a bunch of movies based yeah. on his recommendations and then we get to Oscar yeah. season and I'm like okay I think I did a pretty good job this year and then I've seen one of the best picture nominees that's all that's how it always <laughs> this, is that's not yeah but the, the Oscars are a sham that's about marketing that's about studios pay, you know paying for nominations in somebody a way. didn't like Parasite somebody didn't like Parasite that's what I'm Parasite hearing. is the very rare exception. But I mean, look at look at the movies that were up for Best <laughs> Picture that had no traction whatsoever. People were like, what? Ford versus Ferrari? Okay. Ford you know, versus like Ferrari was Green Book. Phenomenal movie. Last year. I like Ford versus Ferrari a lot, but it was one of those movies where it was like, where did why would that be, you know, best picture? It's not a best picture kind of movie. I would um, disagree. Uh, okay. It definitely seemed like that, that that seemed like a total Oscar bait. Uh it is Oscar bait. That's true. I'm just saying that it's the kind of movie that's like it was sort of made to be nominated at the Oscars to be under a certain type of marketing campaign. It's not the kind of movie that like people watched and were like, that's going to be nominated for best picture. It's not once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, I saw the trailer and, and knew it was, it was gonna, so good. I, I saw the trailer for Ford vs. Ferrari and knew it was going to be nominated for everything. I knew it was going to be nominated for some things, um, but I, did, I had a feeling it wouldn't win much outside of technicals. That said, Tyler, I'd say, or Ethan, I would say that uh, if you're if you're curious about like reading people's tweets and then being like, oh, here are my favorite movies of the year. That's why we do the Cinemaholics Top 20, because those are the movies that are more like averaged out. Yeah, like, for sure. Those movies like that people pick movies like Klaus, you know, as like the well, best and, animated movie. And this is the thing is like, I, I don't have any problem. Because it was, by a mile. I don't have any problem with being wrong about what's going to get nominated for the Oscars every year. And then I watch all the movies that get nominated for Best Pictures and I usually find some movies I really like. I think this year, yeah. this last year was a, an exception. Like, I found more that I enjoyed than usual. Um, but for example, like, I still haven't seen Where'd You Go Bernadette? I, I thought that was alright. Didn't you love that movie? Yeah. I feel like you were tweeting about that I, movie I loved all it the time. Kind of ironically. Every day. Not because I loved it, but because I just loved loving it. He loved tweeting about it. For so like for example, I, I you're it's the only John, you're the only person I've seen mention the movie Emma. Really? That movie is that movie is fantastic. Oh my you god. Not, so you're not, sorry, I, I said that wrong. You're not the only person, but for a while you're the only person, and then a bunch of people were talking about it. I still don't know what it is or when it was out, and I have not seen it. Well that makes sense because it just hit wider release. It was only playing in like New York and LA for a while. So a lot of people hadn't seen it yet. And as soon as it went wide, I was like, Yes, I want to see it. And it still wasn't that wide. Like it was only playing like one or two theaters around here. What did you think of Portrait of a Girl on Fire. Portrait of a Lady, Portrait on, of a lady fire. on Fire. 
there. Uh, that was my number four movie of the year. That movie that was last year? wiped me out. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, so it, it had a limited release. I got a screener for it in December, so it just barely made the cut for me. Uh, but yeah, it did have a wider limited release in February, like Valentine's Day. So it's like it's like a 2019 adjacent Got it. movie. But yeah, that was easily one of my favorites of the year. Did you hate it? I haven't seen it. I hope you see I'm, it. I'm it's, going uh, to see it, but it's, it's a thing oof. that's been making the rounds on the internet or on my corner of the internet in the past four days. Yeah. But that I saw you tweet Makes about sense. months ago. So, so John, every so often I will go into your Twitter and like follow people on the film Twitter side of things because I'm so sorry. As much as I feel like I can, I know you film Twitter friends are terrible. Um, but as much as I can interact with, <laughs> <laughs> the look you just gave me as much as I feel like I can inter- interact with film Twitter and like hold my own in the conversation until it comes to like catalog of films that I've seen mm-hmm. that is not the Twitter that follows me the Twitter that follows me is definitely more fandom Twitter which is going to be like okay. your, your large franchise folks your you know your your obscure films oh, yeah. fall into the Pacific Rim category I have category. seen more movies than everybody that follows me except for you John <laughs> Will Ashton follows me and he was like yeah crap you're at 255 or something and I was like whoa uh, yeah, I well, you have to remember too. Like for us, it's not like most people who follow us are film Twitter people. Most people who follow me are. It's like a mix, you know. Right. And it's it's people. It's all over the world kind of stuff. It's like people who love video games, people who love YouTube stuff, people who love you know mm-hmm. random books and Avatar: The Last Airbender and like all the weird little corners of the internet that I call home. So I'm happy with uh with that little my little Twitter niche. It's a weird one, but it's it's mine. Are you? Are you happy in general? I uh, usually. Lately, I haven't you been very happy. happy. I've been very stressed, man. I'm happy that I'm getting married. I'm sorry that you've been. Str- I'm very excited for your wedding. Yes. Obviously, I, I'm very excited you're getting married. Um, I, you'll. I don't. I don't know how to say this. You. You're not very forthcoming with with video chat when we've chatted in the past. That's uh, true. You look good. I don't. I, Bro, does, is that appropriate? Oh, you man. look good. You know. Back at you. I have. A, you know what I like about you guys? Your haircuts. I got a haircut like three days ago. I also have hey, a frozen picture like, of John Negroni that's been frozen for 45 minutes and it's just him going i hope it's an awkward <laughs> um i hope it looks good ethan's hair is swimming and uh tyler your hair is like college freshman who knows what he's doing he's gonna get some a's i had gone like six weeks without he's a haircut until last week and it was just necessary that's brutal it had been since before i went to india which was the last week of january i got a mustache oh i i didn't notice that the last hour or four um yeah i i'm using the video check because i'm getting more used to it i usually like to hide i like the shroud but on cinemaholics too i've been turning it on and will can't stand it he never has his video on he always likes to keep me at an arm's length it's like he has this shovel he just sticks in front of me but (laughs) it's fine we'll get there yeah (laughs) <laughs> I said we'll some around. tension between Will and John. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I mentioned I was going to get married. Technically, I already am, in a sense. <laughs> to Will. To Will? Yeah. Well, you guys know, podcasting is a little, it's a little bit of a marriage. A little bit. Oh, I have. I have two bank accounts, okay? And they are both shared with another human being. <laughs> one of them is Ethan. One of them is my I wife. have three bank there accounts and only one of them is shared with somebody. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I mean, I have many How many women are you accounts? dating, Ethan? Just the one. I have my personal bank okay. account and the bank account where I set aside Bagels. the money I make from some of my freelance jobs. I get it, yeah. So all that to say... Well, I, okay, so that doesn't include my TikTok bank account. I, are we talking about that too? 
Wait, you need the a money whole bank account TikTok. for TikTok. That's like what twenty bucks. The, how does TikTok even oh, generate revenue? Like, do people get checks from TikTok? I'd make it thirty. No, I, at the moment, I believe there is no. There's no branding. There's no ads. There's no nothing. Well, did you ever? Did you do the Vine thing? No. Yeah, I mean, Vine. I'm familiar with Vine. We we as a collection, Ethan and I probably made five <laughs> yeah, vines. five vines. That's most. That's more than most. I made vines I for a corporate account once. John, nice. I, I have, actually I have a question for you. Nah. Assuming that everything does go somewhat back to normal and that we do eventually have movie theaters again, how do I become a film yeah. critic and get screeners? Mm, you probably already can. That's the secret. Can you, you send me a PDF right? on yeah. how to do that? No. I think but... you just go to the manager and you say, I write for this website. The manager? Right. Or who, whom, with whom do you speak? Uh, you can try that because like a lot of theaters do advanced screenings. One way to do it, I know somebody who did it this way. They looked on online for certain press screenings and they did detective work basically and it's hard to do that because they're not very public all the time you could try to find one that is public right. that you might not have a ticket for. And what you'll do is you'll go and there'll be a big line and you go to the publicist there and you just have to show him proof. And he's like, hey, like I do this thing called bacon and eggs. The problem is that your outlet, you'd, you'd have to do like a bunch of new movies in a row to like sneak it in probably. <laughs> to prove it, yeah. But you probably could. You have a big enough following. You'd just be like, yeah, we're an outlet. We're, we're film critic people. So we just, we want to go to screeners, but I don't, I don't know the person who does it around here. So can you help me out? And nine times out of 10, they'll help you out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's an industry where they're like, yeah, we just want more people, right? Like, it's a tricky. Like it's like, we can't advertise it, but we want more people. It's a tricky line that they walk publicists. I used to be a publicist, not for films, but for other, I was in PR. And it's it's all about how you come across. If you come across as like desperate or if you are if you don't come across as credible, like obviously people listening, like you can try if you want, but if you don't have any proof and if you don't actually write a review, like they find out, like they are watching, like they're paying attention to what you're doing. And if you don't, if you go to a bunch of press screenings, for example, and you don't write any reviews, then you're probably going to be taken off the list. But I can't say that 100% for sure, obviously. Yeah, maybe the guy in Roanoke is just like, just please come to these stupid press screenings. I need somebody to talk to after these stupid movies. Hey, yeah, you can build friendships uh, that way. It works. Yeah. Um, my... My guess, Ethan, I think what we would need to do, I mean, I, I do think it is as easy as like, go find the guy and talk to him. The hard part being find that guy. Um, but I do think if we wanted to get screeners, we would probably want to write more reviews in general. Since we don't write any right now, we just <laughs> record them. <laughs> well, you can do it for a podcast. I know. Or but a vlogging. I, no, I wouldn't do that. That that There's nothing more cringy than, than man on camera talks about movie. Whoa. This comes from man behind microphone talks about movie. I'm going to tell Chris Stuckman you just said that. And you can he tell Chris Evangelista I said not that. Care. Chris Chris Vangelista is never on camera. I, I saw him at I Sundance. Just, yeah, is he a nice guy? I didn't have a chance to meet him because we were at the downhill thing. It wasn't the premiere. It was like after the premiere. And uh, no, he was by himself and I left him alone because I was like, mm, he's so introverted. He probably wants to be alone. But I did message him. I was like, hey, I see you, but I'm not going to say hi to you. So you're going to just be by yourself. He's like, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I, from all accounts, he's a pretty nice guy. Will's uh, friends with him and stuff and we talked on we did an episode together on Cinemaholics once and he's great well Richard Brody if you met Richard Brody no if you met Armin White and met, no but uh, Will is friends with him on Facebook with Richard Brody friends with him with Armin, oh, with White. Armin White yeah I don't know why and Will doesn't know why they're friends on Facebook but they are that's wild it's so weird right. no. that's the guy I'm thinking of right the, whose job it is to hate everything uh, Armin White and Richard Brody yeah they <laughs> well Richard Brody hates all the Marvel things and most blockbusters and Armin White hates like anything that film critics in general like 
like. Like, he he's a contrarian sort of by nature, I guess. But he's like an avant-garde contrarian, because I would argue that the film critics are the contrarians. No, film critics aren't contrarians. Film critics are just people who add perspective to a film. I w- I w- I'd be proud to say you once posted on Twitter, what is the role of a film critic? And my reply had the most likes and retweets. You probably had a very good reply. Probably very thoughtful. Well, Armin White did not like Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Right, which is like the best movie of the 99%. year. 99%. Um, yeah, I adore that movie. It is like, it leveled me when I saw it. Um, it just, I cried. He also so, didn't like that. I don't know. That movie's not very good. So yeah, it's got a 38%. <laughs> yeah. D- didn't yeah, like The Invisible that, Man. That one makes sense. Didn't like The Way Back. Uh, Speaking of uh, murder mysteries and Knives Out and stuff, did you guys see The Pale Horse on Amazon Prime? Have not. It's a, no, sir. It's a two-part miniseries based on her novel. It was one of the last novels she ever wrote called The Pale Horse. It stars uh, Rufus Soul from... Uh, Man in the High Castle and uh, Knight's Tale. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he is wonderful in it. Caius Godelario is in it as well. And it's good. So I recommend it. If if you're at home and you're like, Knives Out, I don't have, I don't want to buy or rent this. Because I don't know how you guys watched it. Um, I did. No, I I bought it actually. I bought it too. Yeah. I liked it enough that I was like, yeah, this is a purchase. But um, yeah, Pale Horse, if you have Amazon Prime Video, you can watch it right now and it's, it's worth your time. Good. Well, I believe it's time on that note for us to wrap up. Yeah. I like Knives Out. This is a good movie. I'd say one. One, you have to watch it. Spend your three ninety nine. It has gone down it. in the last two weeks since we last discussed watching it. It yes, was five ninety nine rental think... last time we talked about it, and it is now a three ninety nine rental. Ooh, so get it while better it's time than get now. Get it while it's three ninety nine. Yeah. I, I, you know what? You know what? Just buy it. Movies anywhere, man. It's a great airplane film. Great airplane film. I trust your kind heart. Thank you, John. I did. I did bought it. It is. It is sitting in my iTunes library with Parasite. It's John, beautiful. if you were to give this movie a breakfast food, what would it be? Like, how would you compare? If you were eating breakfast and you were gonna have knives out for breakfast, what would you put on your plate? Mm, easy. That's an easy one. Um, a full plate of beans and sausage. But I'm gonna need a bowl because I might puke it all out. Very good. I'll take it. I thought that was. A I know you. I know you were like, oh, he's gonna say donuts, donut holes. But I thought I'd be a little bit more fun. I love that. That's a good answer. I did think the lying and puking thing was uh, an interesting dynamic, but I didn't. I didn't like that she puked. I, well, I wish there was it's like cool because she's. That's how innocent she is. Yeah, it's but like, good, what if it was works. like a tear down her cheek? Anyway, uh, it does work. Oh, but you got to have the puking so she pukes all over Chris Evans. There you go. Uh-huh. Worth um, And on the big board of films, I don't know where anything is on this. I don't ever know where anything is on this. 2020 movie ranking start, starting in mid-October. We have Parasite at the top, Star Wars just below that as a point of order, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle just below that, then Klaus, then Hidden Figures, and Little Women. Oh my gosh, we're terrible people. Then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, then Frozen 2, then Coco. I think we're getting into the territory where this belongs. I think below Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, above Frozen 2. Uh, I think it's above both of those movies. I think it's better than Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, same. It's better than most of the movies you just mentioned, to be honest. So I vote whatever's the highest, if I even get a vote. <laughs> well, yeah, you obviously get a vote. It's not better than Star Wars. Uh, which Star Wars? Rise of Skywalker. This would. Rise oh, Skywalker. it's way better than Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker can be my toilet paper because I'm out. Oh, I mean, no, we, that movie, you can put people. it behind Rise of Skywalker, but I, it's better than Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, and we've made that point a couple times already. So, if Rise of Skywalker I think was a Jumanji... person, I'd hit it with a shot. Oh, God. I'm just not even going to get into this. I, I don't want to have this fight Rise right now. Rise of Skywalker stole my wife. I don't want to have this fight right now. <laughs> you I like Rose Tico? I can see Taylor's. Oh. T- Tyler's about to turn into anger from inside out. No, okay. So here's the thing or about disgust. Rise of Skywalker. I just, I just don't want to talk <laughs> that's, about that's it. I don't want to do it right now. We've done it so much. I I, yeah, you're right. I don't. I've, I've explained my reasoning why I liked it. I, I don't need to explain myself again. I also don't need to defend it. I can just like yeah. it because I like it. 
Yeah, you have my full support. Uh, but okay, Parasite, Knives Out, Star Wars, Jumanji. I think uh, at the 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 year. I said you could ball, put it behind Star Wars. Which this? Oh, okay. Well, behind Star Wars, we go. I can. I'm about to. Pee. Okay. You should have heard our fight last year about Interstellar. Ooh, wait. Okay, so I hate Interstellar. Oh, Who's on my side? Sake. I am on your side. <laughs> All right, we're friends again. Yay! <laughs> it's so overrated. You're so wrong. I, both I, of you. I don't even think a lot of people like that movie much, and I still think it's overrated. Y'all suck. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I think we're missing at least. It's how I feel about Guardians Volume Two. You both hate that. That's true. I do hate that movie. Same garbage film. So it's fine. It doesn't have its. It doesn't lack its silver linings, right? There's big groups. Focus on the positives. I I movie lovers podcast. Um, I think at the end of the year banquet, which will be a ball this year, uh, we'll have a little. A little sit down with Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle where we, we talk about its future and the big I think we need board. to we might need to move it sooner than that honestly just to prevent conversation because <laughs> I do love it and I like the fact that we put it better and everything when it first came out but it's getting a little a little silly now yeah you boys what's the number one Parasite Parasite wow just wait until you see Gone with the Wind that'll just <laughs> if I never Fortnite <laughs> you have to watch Gone with the Wind again I'm good Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Gone with the Wind is a pretty good movie that you could cut a full hour out of without losing anything. Okay. No arguments for I me. mean, just, oh, God. Anyway, John, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter, at John Negroni, and you can find Cinemaholics on Cinemaholics.com. Wait, Cinemaholics.what? Cinemaholics.com. Don't forget to ask your parents for permission before you log on. Perfect. Additionally, John, uh, where can we find your your your, your published works? Um, well, right now, I'm republishing The Pixar Theory as a new book, which you kindly alluded to. Uh, it's not out yet, um, but it is fantastic. Uh, Tyler, you get mentioned in it. Ethan, I think I cut your part out. This is true. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like Tyler legit is in the book um, as a, there is a character he pops up as. And I and I think at this current edit, the editor did not take it out. Bacon next to the podcast gets brought up in the book. Just saying. Hey. Yes. So it's a book about Pixar movies and how they're all connected, but also how they've made my life a living hell. That's what the movie or the book <laughs> is. Um, and then I have a novel out right now and the sequel comes out this year too. I was going to say, it's called it is, Killer Joy. It's been a long time that you've been promising that, that Killer Joy sequel. Well, so that's the thing. The sequel's been done. The publisher just wants to stagger out the releases. So like, I wish I could release it early for people, but it's still in the process. We actually haven't even finished the book cover, but uh, it's going to be coming out. It's called Vanguard. And to get caught up on that, you can read Killer Joy on Amazon. Just look up Killer Joy, one word by John Negroni. And uh, if you prefer Audible, yeah, you can uh, finally get the audio Since I last talked to you guys, yeah, the audio audiobook's out now, Tyler Carlin, so you can finally pretend to read it. And uh, it's uh, the narrator did a fine job, but if you want to know what the actual pronunciations are, just let me know. I'll tell you. Wow. I just saw the narrator room right under the bus. <laughs> oh, so many times. He knows. He knows what he did. He. Oh, yeah. He's he, well aware. Isn't it narrated by a woman? Uh, it's a boy. A boy named Andy, funny enough. Yeah. With a person on the front. That's a woman. Front of what? Are you on the Audible? The book. Oh, the, Killer the book Joy? cover. Okay, yeah. well, it can still be narrated by a guy. What, what are we doing? No, nothing. Uh, Andy Ruzica. Okay. Yeah. Add to library. One credit. I do love it. It's in my library. I love this cover. That was, uh, funny enough, uh, that was designed by one of my best friends, uh, Mitch, who lives in Charlottesville, uh, but he and I went to school together in Lynchburg, so maybe that's a reason you should have gone to Lynchburg, hang out with Mitch. He would have designed a book cover for well, you. he nailed it. Knocked it out of the park. You know, one of the guys Thanks. one of the guys I went to school with does all of my covers for me. He is very talented. Oh, it's not... Who is it? Vaishan. He does all the oh. artwork for WBNE. Vaishan did the Pixar Theory book cover. 
Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, so you should have gone to school in Newport News, and you could have hung out with Bayshon. Dang it. I got Tylerd again. <laughs> well, fine, Tyler. Guess what the name of my best man is? Vaishon. Tyler Bolden from no Lynchburg, way. Virginia. Yeah. So maybe... Maybe think about that next time you try to throw knives at me. It's probably going to be a prop knife. Probably. Well, John, this has been an absolute pleasure before you just keep coming for each other. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence again here on Bacon and Eggs. It's always a joy to get to actually talk to somebody who knows something about movies. Aw, thanks for the invite. And you guys, lots of people come on who know lots of things about movies. I'm a fan, obviously. Uh, It's a great... Congrats, by the way, in person-ish on WBNE. It's killer. Thank you. You guys are you guys are slaying it. Let's keep it up. We're really trying. We really, really, really trying. Which reminds me, this podcast is a production of WBNE. If you like this show and want to listen to others like it, you can go to WBNE.org. You can listen to shows like Bagels, which is my other podcast, or you can listen to Sincerely Us, which is our podcast about Broadway, but it's for the casual musical theater fan. So if you're like, I don't even know who Jeremy Jordan is, I've got a podcast for you. They're going to talk a lot about Sincerely Us. They are, and you'll learn who Jeremy Jordan is. Uh, if you like Christian Bale, they're going to talk about Newsies. And if you don't know that Christian Bale was in Newsies, they're going to fill you in on that. Uh, but what I really want to talk to you about this week is our brand new Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play. Actual is that what play, it's called? Yeah. Actual play. Actual play podcast. It's called Late to the Party. It stars Dungeon Master Jordan Balky, uh, and then the cast of characters. I, I don't want to give away their names, but there's there's Ethan plays a character. Scott Nicewander from NerdSync plays a character. Uh, newcomers, Tyler Dubert and uh, oh Camille my gosh, Leonard. Camille yeah. Leonard play characters. And that's everybody. I'm so excited for this freaking podcast. I'm so freaking excited. There's a preview for it. Oh my God. We got the pers- first preview. Is it in this episode? Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. There's a preview for it right here. In a world not unlike our own. It is a balmy 80 degrees in Miami, Florida. I'm chaotic neutral tiefling monk. I don't recall there being tieflings in Miami. Now you know that hammer toss isn't an actual hammer, right? It is in this universe. Okay. No, it's a, it's a big ol' it's a big ol' hammer. It's a big ol' sledgehammer. <laughs> Where magic and monsters run rampant. Kind of looks like a bug monster. Oh, Jordan has showed us a diagram of, uh, I think, Red Eye's Black Dragon from the Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh my god! Well, I speak Infernal, so I'm gonna ask it what the heck it is. A real estate agent. Lily Davis, who sells real estate by day. A football coach. I love you. Don't touch my flowers. A failed actor. I am a former Broadway star. And a teenager. Sunny days, a student in college, crazy, right? Must save the world. And you're waving your clipboard back and forth, and... Do I feel my clipboard connect with something? Coming March 23rd to WBNE. Late to the party. Cool. I don't actually need time to like let the preview play. I was I was just sitting there in <laughs> right, silence. I know. It's just gonna truncate out. So <laughs> anyway, uh, John, any final thoughts about Knives Out? I uh, can't wait to see the next film with Benoit Blanc. I'm in. Same. See it. They're gonna do it. And I know. I think I'm great. excited. Well, anyway, I I have been. This has been Bacon and Eggs. He's been Tyler Carlin. He's been John Negroni, and I've been Ethan Edgehill. Until next time, Arrivederci. <laughs> Back again.